The Naked DJs Podcast. Are they really naked? We know they expose themselves every day just so they can bring you the best of music. They like to stick it out there for everyone to hear. You can hear their podcast on Anchor.fm, YouTube, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. Welcome to the Living the Dream Podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Welcome to the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast, a show where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. Today, I am joined by entrepreneur, podcast host, on air personality, Leon Davis. Leon has an extensive bio. He's been into many things, anything from radio to technology to audio and video. And he loves to connect with people through conversation. So we're going to be talking to him about his interest in life and how he got where he is today. Leon, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the conversation. Well, why don't you start off by giving everybody a little bit of background about yourself? Okay. So I went to college. I graduated in 76. I went to college for, I, I come from a, an accounting family. My father was accounting clerk. My mother was accounting clerk. Uh, my sister graduated from college in accounting, and she went on to be an accountant. I had a younger brother who went to, to school for economics, and he didn't follow through with that. But you know, it was kind of a family thing that we were all in the finance and business. So I went to school for accounting. Uh, while I was in college, I was studying for accounting. One of the classes that I had to take was programming, the old COBOL language. I don't, a lot of people don't won't know anything about COBOL, but actually COBOL is one of those dying languages. It's still used in certain places, but so anyway, that was one of the things I had to take uh, for my degree. While I was in college, I uh, have always had a love for music and I, I got onto the campus radio station. I left college. I was into restaurant management. I was a unit manager for a couple of different restaurants. One was Sirloin Stockade, and the other was Ponderosa Systems. Eventually, I reached where I thought I was going to be uh, as far as restaurant management goes, and and that was not acceptable for me, so I I wanted something different. Uh, Moved back to St. Louis, went through a lot of different jobs, a lot of different jobs trying to find my way which is normal for anybody in the early 20s. I was in my 20s when I came back to St. Louis. And then uh, I wind up being into technology. So I was in technology. I've been in technology for 30 years. In 1991, I opened my own. I went out as an independent contractor. And then in 2000, so I was an independent contractor for technology, you know, computer, software, that kind of stuff. Uh, I've done everything you can do with a computer. Then in 2000, 2000, around 2000, 2001, I shifted my business from just technology to a small business consultant, encompassing the whole of a business, everything that a business needs in order to compete in, in a world that's competitive. Unfortunately, I got 
had to go on medical disability and was unable to continue to do that. But I had all of these skills. I had all of the technology skills. I had the radio background. I had the business skills, I, you know, graphic design, uh, video editing. And so when the internet became affordable and podcasting became commonplace, as it started to become commonplace, I jumped in in 2017 to use all of the skills that I had, um, you know, my business background, everything. And uh, so that's where I am today. Well, you definitely have an interesting background. Let's talk about your radio background. I know you said that that was something that you kind of done in the past, but when you were doing it, internet radio, you know how, how tough it is because you have to gain listeners. You're not like a FM station. So how how successful was your internet radio station and how do you feel like radio has changed from the time you were doing it to now? Uh, okay, so I started out, so I went to I went to Broadcast Center, which was a, a communication school here in St. Louis uh, that taught radio and television. So I actually got a certificate in communications, which, you know, just meant that I was able to splice together two pieces of media. And I was, um, most of the time people when they graduated from the school, they would go to these smaller markets and work their way back up to the bigger markets. St. Louis is considered one of the bigger markets. And most people started in somewhere like, you know, a little small town with a small um, radio station. I got lucky and I wound up not having to leave St. Louis. I wound up working at a, an oldie station, uh, an FM oldie station here in St. Louis. I'm sorry, AM. They were an AM oldie station and they had a sister station which was an FM country music station. And I wound up getting on air for that station. Uh, so I played country music at midnight and I played oldies during the day. So that was, that was my background in, in, in traditional media. And then like you, you mentioned, I had started a, a, an internet radio station and I've always loved music. I've always loved doing radio. The, the difficulty was just like in the podcast industry, there are so many people doing it. There are so many options for people. It is really extremely difficult to break through. So my internet radio station uh, did not do well. The company that I was with, they helped weed out folks by, they had these requirements. You had to achieve a certain number of listeners over a certain period of time. And unfortunately, I was not able to achieve that. So, so they deleted my radio station. So I'm leaving that as an option to go back to um, once my podcast grows to a significant audience. And then I can start putting that, you know, create that radio station and then put that back in front of the, uh, people and maybe uh, achieve something a little different next time. Well, speaking of your podcast, tell us about your podcast. Tell us what it's about and anything that you want people to know about it. So my podcast is Altitude Adjustment. I started in 2017. I am a huge consumer of uh, politics and news and po political news. And in 2017, after the 2016 election, the cable companies, the cable news industry 
changed. It just, it flipped. And it became a shouting match. It became, it didn't, it wasn't about presenting information anymore. It, it had been gradually making its way there, but it, it really took a, a nose, I don't, I don't want to call it a nose dive, but it really took a twist around 2017 and it became hard to watch. So, so I decided to take all of my skills and create a podcast that was about examining issues from a rational standpoint. And so that it wouldn't be a, a, a shouting match. It was about having a good conversation, exploring ideas, and you may not necessarily come up with a conclusion, but at least you've examined the idea and you know, people have an opportunity to think things through on a logical basis. So I started, I said, 2017, I started doing uh, a half hour and it was just me, just me by myself. And I would find a topic, uh, create a half hour with the content and then present that out there. The whole idea was to have a call-in type podcast where people could actually either type their questions or comments or actually, you know, um, join with voice or video. I haven't reached the voice of video yet, but uh, it has grown from a half hour once a week to two hours, or sorry, an hour a day for two days a week. So Friday and Saturday, I pod, uh, we go live for, from 2 p.m. Central to 3 p.m. Central. And I have two co-hosts. One is my brother. Well, both of them are brothers. Uh, one is my brother by birth, and the other is a brother by my adoption. So as you go through life, you get friends and you get close. And him and I have gotten very close. Um, he also has a podcast. His is City Jazz Sessions. I work with him on his podcast. Uh, and his is about music and jazz. Uh, again, mine is about news. And so we, on my podcast, Altitude Adjustment, we bring on guests. Uh, we examine ideas. We examine how the world around them and us is performing and what that means for one another and you know trying to examine things in such a way that we can come to a better understanding of the other person's point of view well as you know radio has changed since you first started in it because you've been into it for a while i just got into it a couple of years ago but the internet radio, you can pretty much pay your way on to things like Life 365. So how do you feel, in your opinion, that radio has changed overall from when you started to now? Because, you know, iHeartMedia has bought up a lot of stuff. So um, one of, I mentioned earlier that the internet has opened up opportunities. That means a lot, of, lot more voices get heard that didn't get heard before. Prior to the ability, it doesn't require a lot of money anymore to be able to broadcast your voice. It doesn't require a, a high bar of entry for people to participate in the media landscape. And I think that is absolutely fantastic. That is a boon for us because before you either had to 
get onto the one of the major networks shows to be heard or you were just screaming in the wilderness because you didn't have a platform uh, where you could get out what you wanted to say now what does that mean so there are more options but because there are more options you have to work more than twice as hard to try to build a niche audience. Um, iHeartRadio, uh, what, what, a, what a lot of media companies did was they had the money to buy up the bigger players. So whereas you or I have to go out and compete and create in a market, so if you created a, a you know, if you started getting a bunch of listeners, some media company is going to say, now they've reached a point of where they're attractive to gobble up, where you're, you become attractive to gobble up because then they don't have to compete for those listeners. They just buy them. They'll just buy your company out from India or buy your company from you. And then that grows their audience. And so they don't have to compete against all of the thousands and thousands and thousands of voices that are out there. I don't think that that's good. I think in a sense, you know, when you work and earn your listeners, you have a sincere respect for them and you don't put BS. I don't know if you allow adult language, you don't put bullshit in front of them and expect them to like it. You know how hard you worked to cultivate them and to, and you need to, how hard you need to work to keep them. And so you get, you work harder for them. Uh, when you buy them up, you know, you, you start to look at it as dollars and cents. You know, can I afford to lose a few of them uh, to save, to save a few dollars here and there? And it becomes a, a financial transaction rather than um, you having something invested in their staying with you. Well, you were also a public affairs director at, at some point in your life. So just kind of tell us about that and tell us what your role was as a public affairs director. Yeah, so it's, it's just like the podcast. I, I would go out here, I was in the St. Louis uh, market. I would go out, uh, find guests, bring them on, I do a an hour one hour interview and then it would be aired on Sunday morning. So um, radio stations and television stations are required by the FF FCC to create public affairs content. That's content, you know, that is about community, and so I did that. Uh, which is basically what my, my podcast still kinds of does, but I don't, I do a little different kind. Mine is more newsy, but you know, it's, it's about providing good content. Uh, it was, you know, I, as a public affairs director, I just, you know, brought guests on, recorded it, you know, and then played it on, on Sunday. Well, is there anything else in your extensive bio that, you would like to cover and talk about? Well, you know, I, I've done so many different things. One of the things, one, 
when you do a lot of things, it becomes, you, you have, nobody is, is, has one skill. Nobody has one single skill. Most people have multiple skills and you're able to make a living off of one or two of those, but you still have a bunch of other skills. In this current market, in this current situation where the ability to, to have your voice heard over uh, the internet is allowing people to share their passions, share their knowledge, uh, and share their abilities. And I think that that's, that, that we are, while right now we are experiencing some of the growth problems with the internet where, you know, there are Twitter flame wars and all of those kinds of things. I think eventually we'll grow out of that. And, and I just encourage people to participate, find, find a, an independent artist that is not maybe a network artist. Cause as you mentioned, iHeart was, you know, buying up a bunch of things. Find, find, instead of, instead of channel surfing 690 channels on satellite TV is find an independent artist that creates some content that you like. And when you start to feel like you want to search up and down those channels, tune into those guys, send them a couple of bucks, help them create the kind of content that you really want to see. Um, and then you could save yourself uh, a lot of money and time because, you know, a lot of times when we're doing that channel surfing stuff, we settle on something instead of enjoying something that we really like. And so I encourage you to, to I encourage people to take really uh, advantage of this new, you know, of the, of the technology because it's only going to, people are going to get better and better at doing this and going to be able to, to provide hours and hours of quality entertainment or quality information. And so it's out there. Just look for it. Speaking of content creation, do you have any projects or upcoming projects or stuff that you're working on currently that we need to know about? So no, I, I, so the short answer is no. Um, but the idea is to grow altitude adjustment to grow city jazz sessions. Um, and then, you know, I'd like to create some food shows and create some other types of entertainment shows. I have a, one of my hobbies is photography. I absolutely love photography and it has changed a lot, but, uh, I I'm really enjoying that. And I, I want to do a photography show. I mean, there's tons of people doing that kind of stuff, but there's always room for one more. And I, and I like that idea. But as far as particular projects, no, I don't have anything specifically targeted over the next, you know, two to three years, but that could always change. So you mentioned you want to do food shows. You like to cook? I am. I am a damn good cook. Okay. Well, what's your favorite food to cook? So I tend to, so where I started cooking was I would find, I would, I love to eat out. I love different types of restaurants. So I find 
a um, meal that was prepared at a restaurant. And then, of course, I would recreate that meal, but I would make changes that I personally liked about it. So as far as a particular type of meal to cook, I just love to cook. Um, I love working with fresh vegetables, fresh fruits. Uh, I don't do, I haven't done canned food in, in years. I don't have to touch, I don't usually touch canned food. I'll do frozen before I do canned food. But most of the time I like to get it fresh. I do all my, you know, cut it all, cut everything up, put it in there. And I'm always constantly trying new recipes and new ideas. I'd like to, to one day actually open up a restaurant and see if I can, uh, you know, make a go of some of the some of the recipes that I have developed over the time. I make a mean chili. I make an absolutely mean chili. Now, chili cook-offs, they don't use beans, but I use beans in my chili. And I haven't made a no bean version of my chili yet, but I'll probably try that. I might even enter a, a chili cook-off. They have those around Missouri. I haven't been to one in a while, but they're pretty, you know, it's an opportunity for you to test yourself and, and, and get other people's input into, you know, how they like your, your food. It absolutely is. And I think you guys also have in Kansas City, maybe a barbecue thing like Pit Boss or something. They were, they were out there. So, yeah, Kansas, well, Kansas City has a, a they're, I think they're known for their, their barbecue. I lived in Kansas City for a while, but that's, that was in the 80s. But I'm, I'm from St. Louis. I, I, I know they, you know, Casey, Casey Masterpiece is a barbecue sauce. And it might have been a barbecue company. But yeah, you know, barbecuing in St. Louis is, you know, I love the barbecue. I love smoking meat. You know, these, these I'm constant, when you cook, you're constantly trying to add to your skill set. You know, a lot of times, like I'll cook a meal and, uh, you know, it was a really great meal, but because I'm always experimenting, because I'm always changing things and adding things, it, it almost becomes, I don't do the same meal more than two or three times, because if I start to get settled into a particular pattern, then I'm not experimenting and I'm not growing as a cook and I'm not using different herbs and spices. So I'm using, you know, I'm where before I would buy pre-diced or pre-chopped spices, you know, and now I buy like cilantro. I don't buy uh, chopped cilantro that's dried. I get fresh cilantro. I cut it. Uh, I chop it. I do it myself. And that adds a different flavor. You know, I try to get fresh rosemary. Fortunately, like the grocery store carries fresh rosemary and then I chop it up. It's a little more work. It's not, uh, it's not the same as just buying a container of rosemary that's wrapped in plastic. And then, but you know, you get a different, you get an absolutely different flavor. It adds to changes to the taste of the food. It absolutely does, especially if, if you're someone who has that stuff in like maybe a small garden. Mm -hmm, exactly. So give out your contact information. How can people listen to your podcast and keep up with all things Leon? My, my podcast is Altitude Adjustment. And if you do a search on Altitude Adjustment Podcast, you can't miss me. I am, I am. Um, after four years, I have reached page one 
line one of a Google search. My website is thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com forward slash home. You can go there and, and you, it'll give you all the information about you know, what I'm doing, where I'm, where I'm, how to reach me. My bio is there, you know, things about the podcast, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. So can find all your social media links there as well. Absolutely. You'll find all the social media links here. You got any final thoughts before we close it out? Tell me about your, your podcast. How, how is that doing for you? Well, I'll tell you, I have had great guests like yourself on. I've interviewed anything from singers to actors to former Playboy playmates. And I just enjoy teaching, interviewing guests that will teach, motivate, and inspire others. I've interviewed guests that somebody might hear the episode and might save their life. Domestic violence survivors, trauma survivors, addiction survivors. And when I started this, it's been a year this past Tuesday. When I first started this, I thought, okay, I'll get a thousand downloads for the first year, you know, break it up to five, 500, you know, every six months. But in this year, I've gotten over 7,000 downloads and I've worked real hard to grow my audience and bring the best content from all walks of life. Very good. Very good. That's interesting to hear because um, when I first started, there were no, I couldn't find any metrics about what to expect as far as downloads go, what to expect as far as audience growth. And I think 7,000 downloads has to be, you know, a pretty good in a market where, you know, everybody does some kind of content that's got to be, you know, pretty good. You know, as far as you mentioned, motivating folks, if you are an entrepreneur at heart, motivation is going to come internally because you're going to understand that failure is a part of achieving what you want to achieve. You're going to have to run into some walls, figure out how to get around those walls, figure out how to do the things that you want to do. Um, and, and that determination to stick with it is where the success comes in. So if the first time you encounter a problem, you walk away, uh, then you're never going to get where you want to go. But one of the things that I, I, I've always told, I tell people as a business consultant and, you know, someone who, when I talk to people is have a goal in mind. Now you may change that, but have a goal in mind have a target that you want to achieve and then measure how you getting, how you getting there and, and don't be afraid to shift gears or change how you're going to get there um, and take some chances and risks because there's no rewards without risks. Well, I think motivation, like you said, definitely is internally, but at the same time, some people just need that encouragement. They might have a little bit of self-doubt, you know, what if this, what if that? And 
if they can just get some encouraging words from maybe somebody like yourself or one of your guests or one of my guests, it might encourage them to just go ahead and, and just do it. Cause a lot of people, even with starting a podcast that they'll, they'll keep saying, well, I got to get this. It's got to be perfect. It's got to be this. It's got to be that instead of just, just go and just learn as you go and just build up and get better and better as you talked about. Okay. I, I, so, so as, so I've never been afraid of failure. Now that doesn't mean I haven't been shy. Um, like you mentioned, I don't, I didn't, the first time I thought about doing a podcast, I didn't start doing it then, but I think, so, so I heard someone say the other day, we, I started this podcast to have, to have some enjoyment, you know, cause I, I had a mission. And when I no longer am enjoying doing the podcast, I'll stop. And so what I thought about that was enjoyment comes and goes. There are days when you, you wake up and you just don't feel like doing it. And you, you just, you want to take a break. And so if you want to take a break, take a break. But, but if you have a mission, if you, if you have something that's motivating you to do it, you will do it. You will make that happen. Yeah, yeah, you know, that pat on the back is good. But even if I don't get a pat on the back, I do what I do because I believe in helping people. I believe in providing what is, I think is good information and not everybody's going to enjoy it. Not everybody's going to think it's great information and I'm going to receive criticism and I'm going to receive accolades. You know, some people are going to say, Hey, that was really great episode. And some people are going to go, you know, that was really horrible. And you have to, I think I will speak to myself. I have to be able to see that as what it is, someone else's opinion. And I have to have the determination within myself to want to, to move forward, that I believe in my, my mission, I believe in myself, and I believe in what I'm trying to accomplish. And it, for me, it's not about, I don't do it just because I like it. Because like I said, there are days when I wake up to do my podcast and I'm like, oh man, I, this is my last podcast. When I'm done with this on Saturday, man, I'm just going to shut things down. I get done with it on Saturday and I feel so invigorated that I got through it, that I, I got it done. It's in the can or it's up on the website. And I go, you know what? I can do it one more week. I can do it one more week. And, and it's like each hill. So I didn't, I didn't start out with 7,000 followers. I didn't, I didn't. I realized that my podcast is not a podcast people are gonna gravitate to quickly because it is, it is, it is, it is not your, um, I don't do entertainment. I don't do a controversy. 
Now, what does that mean? Um, it's not it's not calling somebody an, an ass without explaining why I think that person is wrong. It's about taking a, an approach of examining it from a an intellectual standpoint and not from an emotional standpoint. And that doesn't always sell, which is why the news changed because people wanted to be entertained. I don't do entertainment. I do information. And a lot of people believe they don't want to be told anything. They don't want to be, they'll decide. And, and that's great. I just provide information. We examine things. And I just didn't, I didn't expect 7,000 followers. I expected more than I got when I first started. And that was, that was a difficult thing to go overcome when I finally had to realize, Hey, you know, I'm not, you know, people all of a sudden aren't gravitating towards me. They're not excited about what I have to offer. But if I believe in what I'm doing, if I believe in what I'm offering, I can continue to do it. And if two people, if only two people listen. So I, one, a guy says something to me once that made all of the difference in the world. So I interviewed this guy here in St. Louis. And he, and he asked me, he said, well, how many listeners have you got? And it was like my, oh, I want to say second year. So I've been doing it for four headed into my fifth in my second year he said well how many people got to listen on a regular basis i said three you know i three people i was disheartened but i was going to keep trying and he said wow you got three people that are willing to listen to you and i realized what he was saying with all of the choices people have with all of the opportunities, somebody decided that you were worth listening to. So nobody owes you that. So what you're doing is, is that you're impacting the life of three people. With that, I am able to do my podcast on a daily basis and never worry about how many people are showing up. If there's five people that download it, there are five people whose life I've impacted. And so that's who I do my podcast for. I do it for those five people, not for millions of other folks. I do it for the five people that are willing to listen. And every time I get a, a comp, I don't get a, a lot of feedback, but whenever I get a little bit of feedback, you know, I feel good because somebody is willing to take the time to provide me some feedback out of all of the things they could be doing with their life. They chose to help me out. And so I'm excited about that. I tell, I, if, if I had something to tell some other people is don't get discouraged because you don't grow as fast as you like, but make sure that you're doing the best that you can to provide the best that you can and do it as long as, as long as you can. And that's why I appreciate all my listeners taking the time out to listen to me when you could be doing other stuff in your life. And so I'd like to ask you to take a little bit of time to follow, rate, review, share this episode with me and Leon after listening. 
and Android listeners, go to the Google Play Store and download the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast app. Leon, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today and enlightening my listeners. Thank you so much for the invite. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream. Dream.